Radio. Oh, hey, Jason. What are you... What oh, were you so, humming? What were you humming? I was just humming a... Oh, I was... Okay, so like uh, Miguel, you know Miguel? Uh-huh. I, I took her kid to school. Yeah. And uh, they, I just I hung around for a little bit because I'm cool like that. And I heard... The, I don't know. I just heard this tune on my way out. Everybody was standing up. It was kind of cool. I just left, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why, 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 why? What's up? Nothing. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Okay. We'll just, okay. We'll just let this happen. Well, I mean... It's, I mean, I'm sorry. This is a bad segue because it has nothing to do with what I was talking about. Uh-huh. But, Jason, I think it's time to listen to the anthem. Oh, are we still doing that? Yeah, I think you need to open your beer because it's going to be great. I'm going to need this. You're going to need it for celebration. <clears throat> Let me just get this over with. I want to start talking about the movie. Well, Jason, on your feet. <sighs> All right. Thanks, Jason. No problem. Wow. Takes me back. You know, I mean... Canada. Th- no, no, Canada. No. Oh, silly Canada. This, Canada. this... No, no, this is this is not the National Anthem, Brennan. Let's just get that out of the way. Let's not fuck around on this. But I will say, this does give me a similar feeling because I do have a... Uh, 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 you know, in my life, as a child, certainly, this was in a similar headspace to the National Anthem because I was a 90s child. But you still have the brain of a an Alzheimer's laden '90s child. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. Because you don't you don't you don't get it, man. You just don't get it. You're gonna keep doing this. How long are you gonna do this bit? What bit? Oh, Brendan. Canada, 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 Canada. I'm gonna be fair. Is there is there a more Canadian name than Dougie? Who's Dougie? Dougie, Dougie Gilmore, Dougie Flutie, Dougie McGrath. Ah, uh, uh, might be alluded to something that we're about to talk about. Jason. Dougie Benson? He's this, not Canadian. Uh, no, he's my co-host on the other podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Jason, this, by the way, I said my other podcast because this is a podcast. This is a podcast. And it's a podcast. It, what that means is a, an audio file. An audio file that you can download to your handheld device or telephone. Uploaded to a uh, not your landline though. No, not yet. Not yet. We're working on that. We, we we're gonna have a toll toll free number. You'll be able to call and just be able to listen to the entire most recent episode. Okay, but Jason, Jason, it's not toll free. But don't say anything. It's one nine hundred. That's all I could get. Oh, oh. Well, you know what? It's a nominal. It's a nominal fee, but uh, it's worth it because uh, you know we're worth it. Mean Gene will be man, man in the phone lines taking That's your calls. Right. <laughs> it's only 4.95 a minute. Kids get your parents permission. That's right. But if you don't, we don't we, have any way of checking that. We, we won't say anything if you don't, kids. <laughs> oh, oh no, I don't like where I don't like my, my perception of Mean oh, Gene no. has changed. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so uh, we well, might actually see him. I guess he's real dumb. He's real dumb. Gene, what'd you do? No longer so mean, are you? <laughs> dumb Gene Okerlund. Mm. Oh, mean Gene Oker dumb. Ah, ah, Gene. No, he's great. R.I.P. Um, Jason, yeah, this is a podcast. Mm. As I said, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, uh, we talk about British film. 
normally. But right now, what are we doing? And you're Jason, by the way. And, and you're Brendan. Yes. Uh, we haven't even said the name of the podcast yet. No, uh, it's called For Screen and Country. But right now, because we're doing something a little different that you're about to explain to the people, guys, we rehearse this every week. Every time. It's called Our Screen. Our Country. A. a. And what we do in this little sub-series is we have we have finished uh, going through the on top. each other's faces. That's at the end of every podcast. You may not you may not notice, but assume that it's happening. Just when we're going through the plugs, just know that we're near completion. We're near completion. We we t- we'd like to edge for the whole ninety minutes to two hours. So at the end of it, it's a real it's a real it's a real party. Yeah. Um, Jason's Jason's timbits are a real tease. That's for me. right. But what we do besides fuck around is we talk. Uh, we're currently talking about the top 10 bracket 11 Canadian movies, which we watched, we talked about, we ranked. Uh, but before we get back to our uh, uh, our motherland uh, of England, we will continue to talk about Canadian movies for two more episodes, including this one right now. That was a lot roundabout way to say we're going to watch a couple Canuck pucks, Brendan. Canuck puck. Yes. And these, and these are movies that um, each of us picked one. Yes. I picked this week's, you picked next week's, yes. and uh, we made sure that, like, for our own picks, we hadn't seen them before. Yeah. So, gentlemen, start your engines. Mm-hmm. Ladies, get in the cars, in the passenger seat, yes. because you can't drive in this country. Well, you, 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 No, well, it's sorry, I'm making it a rule. Well, also, if, if, if we're going to drive anything like the people in the movie that we're about to talk about, we have to drive like total assholes, and the ladies probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. 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 Where are yeah. We, what, what are we doing? I don't know. Who are we? we <laughs> what is this room? Where am I? <laughs> we are talking about a seminal Canadian uh, film. No, oh, okay, Like semen. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah uh, um, it is out of 1981. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Porky's. That music can only mean one thing, Jason. It yeah. means that somehow the makers of this movie did not get sued by uh, Warner Brothers. That is the film, <laughs> the 1981 uh, masterpiece, Porky's. Porky's. And I say that because in the beginning of this movie, oh, first of all, it's called Porky's. Porky's, yeah. And I mean, we start off with neon signs with a pig that looks very similar to Porky Pig. Yeah, different different clothing, but but definitely a, a relative of Porky's. But I would say if this was like a Disney thing they were doing, they would have got their pants suit off yes but this it was not indicating that this pig was called porky porky's the guy that owns the place so but i mean it starts and says porky's and then we see a pig and then we see a pig we see two pigs we see a hot lady pig uh, uh who animates to show her butt yeah this is in the day when uh when cartoon characters were like 
sexualized. Uh, well, this this was at a time. This is nineteen eighty one. All of America wanted to have sex with Miss Piggy. At this well, this time. this was also the age that I, I'm assuming Tucker Carlson was most comfortable because he likes it when M and M's wear high heels. Right? That's right. That's right. I feel like he watches Porky's and that's where he shuts it off. He sees the the neon the neon pigs and he's just like, well, I'm finished. <laughs> I mean, like at Jordan Peterson, he's Ooh. always wanted to see Elsa from Frozen as a steak. Oh, so here we go. You never you never heard that conversation? No. no. He was on Joe Rogan. Uh, uh, it's a course. great combination. And he said, cartoons are so much better. We used to be so much better. These days, you can never, uh, you know, women, you never see a guy looking at a woman and seeing, like, a piece of steak. And he's like, you never see Elsa as, like, a steak in Frozen. And Joe Rogan is like, you like a a frozen steak, right? So, wait, so, so, (laughs) so in his mind... The movie Frozen should be like a Tex Avery cartoon with like a wolf like screaming and like, ow, ah, and the eyes balking out and seeing a piece of meat. Like, the more sexism, the better. Look, also, who look, would j- see Elsa as, as that? Because she didn't really have a love interest. Jordan, Jordan, just confidential to you, Mr. Peterson, Dr. Peterson, whatever you want to call yourself. Dr. Bud, B. Dr. B. Uh, Dr. B. Um, get over yourself. Wow. Just str- fucking, strong, just come on, man. Just, strong words. Look, nobody, nobody's saying you can't do that. You could do the Tex Avery Wolf cartoon if you want to, but this is a movie for little girls and boys that like that stuff too. So maybe fuck off. How about that, Jordan? Speaking fuck of, off. Speaking of movies for little girls, <laughs> here porkies. we go. Yes, a uh, 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 seminal, seminal. Yes, we're throwing that in again. Jason, you had seen this movie before. I had, uh, although in in retrospect, while watching it again, it's like I didn't remember shit about this movie outside of like the very end of the movie, the kind of uh, the climax of it all. (laughs) Uh, Um, How many cum jokes are you gonna fucking make? As many as I can. Um, But yeah, so like I I remember renting it on VHS, but I don't didn't remember anything about it, and uh, it was interesting to watch it again. It's it's technically a film. It is technically a film. It's it, a, yeah, it looks good too. Whoever did the Blu-ray restoration of this movie, it looked way better than it did on videotape. I'll tell you that. It is a uh, something of a of a precursor. I can't think of a lot of like teen sex comedies before this because this is yeah. 1981. I mean, you could say teen comedies like American Graffiti, but I don't. They were not. Like, yeah, they were not this. No, it was not a raunchy sex comedy that then would lead to you know your you know of our era was like an American Pie. Um, do they still make teenage raunchy teenage sex comedies? I mean, I, I mean the only one I can think of. Well, I mean the only one I can think of lately is it had actually younger characters, and that was Good Boys. Oh yes, the, the yeah okay yeah, which I have not seen, but I would like to. It looks really funny. Yeah, and maybe like I mean they had a couple of female uh, a female kind of raunchy sort of not really mm. at raunchy, but kind of a teen sex comedy called Booksmart. Okay. Yeah, so, I think I did see Booksmart. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. But yeah, I guess the most major raunchy teen comedy I can think of in recent memory, at least to me, is Superbad, and that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, or like American Pie, I think. Is, well, yeah, but it... that was 20, 23 years okay. ago. Well, it feels like it wasn't. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, those are the big ones, right? I think like American Pie, like uh, Superbad. Not another teen movie. Not, yeah, huge. <laughs> Um, but this is, uh, this is 1981, so this was in its infancy. It's like pre-Meatballs, pre-Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Oof, Revenge of the Nerds. That's, yeah. that's, the, it, that movie works until you get to that one scene. Yeah, that's for your other podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but Jason, I, I, I mean, I, at this point, I would say, tell us about the plot, but there isn't really a plot. Well, the plot is like, speak of. is like so many other raunchy sex comedies you want to see. Everything takes place in service of getting the main male characters laid in some way. That's, that's kind of their entire objective. Or not laid. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and where whereas American Pie is like a pledge to lose their it's more structural in American Pie. They have a pledge to lose their virginity before graduation. These guys are just horny as fuck and want to get laid however they can. And and we see that in an early scene where they are taken out to a cabin. <laughs> They're taken out to the Evil Dead cabin in the middle of the woods right. and told to strip naked and they all still think that they're going to actually have sex. <laughs> they're all they're all naked in the same room. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos, guys. You oh, know? yeah, good good for you. I mean, I get... And hey, look, if, if you're a horny teenager and the possibility of sex is in the air, I get it. You're going to do what you got to do. But at a certain point, you got to think like, what am I doing? Is 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 this going to work out for me? Surely this can't be how this is going to happen. And they don't think that. They don't. But they're all sitting there. They're listening in. And this... Um, this there's a prostitute. They yes. all think they're each going to get a shot with the prostitute. And by the way, if you're if, if you're waiting and there's that many people, I don't know if that's a good. And I I don't I don't know about that. Well, you can see Pee Wee was on the ball because uh, Pee Wee, of course, the the little guy, the redhead, the uh, most annoying character in the movie, I would say, uh, proxy for all the audience because uh, we we all are that guy. Um, He's he's being like, oh no, I I I, I get sloppy, sloppy seconds. You get terrible thirds. You get flushy fourths. I don't know what it all was. But yeah, sure. But uh, he's he's very much trying to set up the order, so it will be to his advantage. Yeah, and and he by the way that character by the way throughout the whole movie, I just like how he has to tell us whenever there's the the girl is hot. Yeah, he's like, oh, wow. she's hot. She's hot. Oh, it's he's he's like surely you all knew a guy like that in high school who was just always so fucking horny. And if you didn't know him, you were him. It just reminds me. Did you ever see that parody they did of uh, that parody trailer they did of like it was like a Willy Wonka, but like but it was a horror movie. Who is that? So like uh, it was just on like Funny or Die or okay. something. But Paul Rust was playing like that stereotype. Yeah. And wait, was uh, that the one with Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah. the whole time they had him saying like you know it's like. Oh, this place is like this place is unreal, and he's like, my boner is unreal, <laughs> and like everything was like, my boner is this. Yeah, it's that character. Yeah. So, I, I, I guess our kind of main characters in this movie, we've well, got. Well, hold on, that that, that thing, by the way, we, yeah. should, we should talk briefly. Well, about you what say that... they're the ones that are setting this up. Yeah. Well, the scene is basically there's a prostitute. They all think they're gonna fuck her. And they staged it to make it look like a really angry black guy came in and and started like killing two yeah. of the teenagers, and then they all run out. Yeah, yeah, because completely naked out into the woods. It's a fun prank. It was an elaborate prank, very elaborate. But as I've said before about other period pieces, these people were so fucking bored at this time that this is how they had to amuse themselves was with elaborate pranks. A period? Wait, is this a period piece? Yeah, well, because it's set in the fifties. What? Yeah. You didn't, didn't notice that? Know. You didn't notice all the old ass cars? You thought this was in Cuba with all these cars from the 50s. You thought it was all these white boys in Cuba. I, you know what? I didn't even clock any of that. Wow. I well, that's, just... well, then you're going to be, it's going to be interesting because you hear my perspective on this movie. Okay. Yeah. Is your perspective that the Cuban Missile Crisis did go down in a bad way and this is the fallout? Yeah, this is uh, this is this is what we were wrought with because somebody went somebody like had a chat with like the uh, that French angel from uh, Matter of Life and Death, and we're like, look, we got to stop this Cuban Missile Crisis. What do I got to do? And he's like, okay, well, we can stop it from happening, but you're going to get this movie called Porky's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's and he decided it was a fair trade, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> but yeah, our five guys, Jason. Who do we got? We got uh, we got Pee Wee played by Dan Monahan. Yep, you already mentioned him. We've got. Uh, uh, Roger Wilson as Mickey. He's he's the uh, the Mickey, southern kid. Mickey Jarvis. He's he's the guy that keeps going back to Porky's getting his ass <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is kind of a funny running joke. Driving his truck like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, we got Cyril O'Reilly who plays Tim Cavanaugh. He's the racist of the group. Oh, yeah. He's, he doesn't like the Jewish guy. Yeah. Or 
anybody that's not white. He says some words. I thought so, but Mickey's racist too. He's the Southern guy, right? But he's fun racist. Yeah, he's fun racist. He's not mean racist. (laughs) Yeah, we've got um, Tony Genios as Meat. He's 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 got a big dick. Yeah, yeah. Get it? (laughs) And who's the fifth guy, Jason? Uh, Is it Tom? Billy. Billy. We got Mark Harrier as Billy McCarty. Billy seems to be kind of the brains of the operation. He seems to be kind of the guy that's directing everything. And, of course, I would be remiss in not mentioning uh, Scott Columby as Brian Schwartz because, Jason, if there was a character in a movie, and you know that the stereotype, the um, the magical black man? Yes, yes. This would be the magical Jewish man. Because yeah. Because he is, like, so straight-laced. He has this, he has solves everyone's problems. Yeah. He's so pure and yeah. innocent. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good dude. And it's also kind of, like reflective of this movie being so at its core so goddamn white yeah like first off the, i think the only person of color we see is the gentleman they hire to uh come in and pretend to be the killer who by the way is wonderful he's just trying not to laugh the whole time he's loving it oh that uh, actor yeah, yeah. yeah. oh he's yeah he's having no, a great time for sure there's another scene later i want to say where i think someone's also trying not to laugh but we'll yeah. get to it um but uh, yeah so do we also got uh, but let me finish though oh, but this, 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 let, 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 i just want to let see me finish let me finish in, i just want to see who else is in the movie okay we also have Kim Cattrall. Yes. As uh, um, Honeywell. Ow, ow. Um, we'll get to her in a second. Uh, we have Art Hindle, classic Canadian actor, as Ted Jarvis. He's uh, uh, Mickey's father. Um, we have uh, Alex Karras as Sheriff Wallace. From, wasn't he in a sitcom in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. He also hosted Saturday Night Live. I know you're all thinking that <laughs> once in 1984. Your favorite episode. Um, I think it was a pretty good one. I don't remember. And then, of course, Jason, I wanted to save him for last because yeah. returning to the podcast, yes. he was in Going Down the Road, ladies and gentlemen, Doug McGrath. Yes, as the coach. As Coach Fred Warren. And he has a fun little role, and we get to enjoy him very much. Now, just to go back to what I was saying earlier, yes. this movie is super white, and it's so white. And the reason it's so, well, I don't know why, the reason it's so white don't is- Don't tell us good, the reason, well, you know. the reason it was so white is because clearly it was made and financed by white people, so it was a white movie, and it was set in the 50s when there was a lot of racial segregation, still, but- Still can't believe that reveal. But I, I love that the the minor bit of like t- like learning and tolerance of this movie is with a Jewish guy who's, all, you know, he's white. He's, yeah. he's a Jewish guy. He wouldn't, you wouldn't really know he was Jewish and, unless you asked him. And I mean, come on, it's Scott Colby- actually a jewish guy we don't know we that. don't know maybe but maybe i don't know if they but like but yeah. the kind of the crux here is that there's one little bit of learning in the movie is is where uh tim yeah his name? Tim, tim is the racist yeah tim, tim is, is, the, is the bad racist. he's the bad racist he's not the fun racist. Not the fun racist uh he he kind of learns to respect him they they have a fight but then they like kind of get together and then his dad beats him because he got beat up by a jew and then they kind of become buddies and they they learn a little bit about each other but like that's that's the move it's like oh this this white jewish guy that's the tolerance move like we don't, again not don't hardly see anybody else of color in the movie and they are so casually racist early on yeah uh, uh, should we listen to the casual yeah let's hear some of that on? Yeah. Billy boy, y'all get the nigger? Come on, Jarvis. You mean the color guy, the Negro. Poor white trash. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Now that's colorful redneck humor, right? Right. Kiss my rebel ass. And that's another one. Yeah, you should be writing these down. Immigrants, y'all going back to Oklahoma and Michigan and kiss ass with all the Negroes you want. This Dixie baby where we do things right. Hey, Jarvis, how come you don't have four first names like most hillbillies? You know, like, uh... Billy Joe Jim Bob or Flora May Sally. Hey man, I had a cousin named Billy Joe Jim Bob, and he was killed in the war. So just watch what you're saying. Um, that feels like a joke. <laughs> I th- I, I'm not sure, but I will say that I think um, 
Uh, yeah, that scene. That scene is uh, is questionable. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's questionable. I think we know the answer. It's racist. It's, it's racist. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say I think it's I think it's funny how the characters that we identify we're supposed to identify yeah. as not being racist, the good guys are like hey hey colored. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> which know. which again to be fair though in the fifties that was a polite term. Again, didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> didn't know it's the fifties. Um, and by the way, that was the fun racist that you heard. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, Mickey. Kiss my rebel ass. Kiss my rebel ass. Um, yeah, so casual racism. Mm, so um, we got that. Also, I did. I, I should mention. Also, sorry, I omitted her from the cast list, and I don't know why. Nancy Parsons as Coach Ballbricker. Yes, can't leave her out. Oh, wonderful, wonderful performance. Yeah, and directed by Bob Clark. Yeah, who of, gave uh, us uh, a Christmas story, uh, Black Christmas. I'm assuming Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, no. why not? Yeah. <laughs> Directed a lot of Christmas movies. No, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, not a Canadian director, by the way. Which mm. I, I thought that was the that was the thing about this movie. Is it well, Canadian? It's a why seminal... would you why would you assume it's Canadian? You wouldn't because it no. stars. I mean, other than Doug McGrath, it's I don't most, know that it's the most Florida movie I've ever. Yeah, seen. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very much an American movie. It's set in America. It's about an, a, a particularly Americana time. Now, if you knew who Doug McGrath was and like Kim Cattrall, they're both Canadian. Yes. You'd be like, oh, okay, maybe, but. If you didn't, if you just went into this, you'd assume it was just an American teen comedy. Yeah, absolutely. But it's got that Canadian sheen to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Doug Doug McGrath is so Canadian in how he speaks. Like it's clear this dude. Like I, I had trouble placing his accent, obviously, when we talked about going down the road. But he's definitely a maritimer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But this was filmed in Canada, Jason. It's important to note. This oh, was, was it? This was filmed in Canada and funded by a Canadian production company. But I got to ask you. Hmm. As, as I know, this is always referred to as like, like the Canadian movie and one of the highest grossing Canadian movies ever. I yeah, think yeah. the highest grossing. Can you really call it a Canadian movie? Like, I, I guess if there's enough, I guess if the money behind it's Canadian, then yes. But I don't consider it a one. Like, it didn't feel like one to me. No, I mean, in the sense that uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't like watching Sweet Hereafter, where that yeah. is a clearly Canadian movie. Um, but it was it was made with our money and and I and some of our actors ours? and yes ours ours specifically what? ours personally. Okay, where's the DeLorean? <laughs> Get ready. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and the fact that it it was appealing to this mainstream American audience. I mean, if if they'd have set this thing in Moose Jaw, I don't know that it would have had the same uh, <laughs> same impact. Down yeah, there. it's it's just funny that the highest grossing Canadian film. Is almost nothing to do with. Canada. I mean, it, yeah, it, the highest grossing Canadian film is a film that is is uh, tuned for Americans. Yeah, and and I mean, we liked it too because I'm sure it made money here. And I'm sure the reason D- people like Doug McGrath and Kim Cattrall are in this movie, and that's not to slight their talent in any way, no. is the fact that you, when you make a movie in Canada, you do need a certain percentage of your casting. Yeah, and to be I, Canadian. I bet everybody outside of like the main actors uh, are Canadian. Oh, yeah. extras. Yeah. Oh, extras especially. You yeah. would fly people over from yeah. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I want, I actually just want to play another clip too because you talked about how uh, Tim. Tim. Oh, Tim is the ba- the bad racist. Yes, and he stands up to his father in like a big pivotal scene. Which I wasn't sure at first who this guy was. It wasn't until later I really re- clicked that it was his father because he tells him to go home, and I thought, oh wait, is he like his older brother or something? <laughs> yeah, because he's riding on this motorcycle and he's got what is clearly a teenage girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, no, this this guy's far too old to have that girl on the back of his bike. But you got to make him as gross as possible. Yeah, absolutely. He's ra- if he's racist, people won't know he's the bad. He's guy. racist. He wears a leather jacket, which actually is kind of cool for the time. Uh, he's got a badass scar on his face, and he just got out of prison. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot going on, but I want to play this scene because 
<laughs> you're supposed to get like, yeah, yeah, Tim, tell him off. You're a changed man. But part of how he words this was a bit off-putting. So let's just listen to his little, uh, his, his little blow up here. Make sure you're finished. This is the last time you ever lay a hand on me again, you son of a bitch. All right, what's going on here? No, you got any more smart talk? All right, Mr. Cavanaugh, I think we can get you one to three for felonious assault. Meanwhile, I'll be glad to finish this strictly off the record. No, just let him be. I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of you. If you ever come near me again, I swear to God, I'll kill you. But I'm gonna make a man out of you yet, boy. A man? If being a man means being what you are, I'd rather be queer. So did you notice, too, in the fight, because at one point he says to him, uh, uh, I'm going to make a man out of you yet. Is that like a boy named Sue type situation where he's just treating him like shit and abusing him so that he'll be tough and hard and he can face the world in front of him? Well, he did call him Tim. Yeah. Who calls someone Tim? Some call me Tim. A girl named Tim. A girl hey, named Tim, Tim, if you're out there, fuck you, Tim. Yeah, fuck you, Tim. Come on, man. Fuck off. But if your name's Timothy... Share a beer with me. And bring me a cup of coffee. So that, yeah, that scene like where he says, you know, I'd rather be gay than, it, it, it's like, you know, being gay is bad, but I'd rather be bad and gay than be what you than are. be your son, dad. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come across great. I mean, if they were to remake this movie, he would bravely have sex with a man just to, just to <laughs> tell his dad to fuck off. For a second, I thought you said if they made this today, he would bravely have sex with his dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dad, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm going to be inside you all night. <laughs> I'm in charge now, dad. <laughs> Actually, awful. sounds like it would get made today even less than what they did here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're not the guys to make this movie. No, maybe not. Well, I'll just, uh, all right, well, I'll just crumple up my script. So, yeah, but that, that was from the end of the movie. Then then the uh, Jewish character Brian and him become buddies. Did you get a, <laughs> I got a romance vibe. You I think so? I they looked at each other a little too long. You think so? And I, I when they when they got into the car together, I was like, are they going to go for it? Well, maybe that was some projection on his part by saying I'd rather be queer. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he made that choice. Maybe he said, I guess I'm gay now. That's it. I've told my dad to fuck off, so you know what? Means I'm gay now. <laughs> if you tell your dad to fuck off, you're gay. You might be a gay man. You might be a gay man. Woohoo! If you beat up your racist dad and tell him you'd rather be queer than be uh, a man like he is, you might be a homosexual. Yeehaw! Night, folks. I'm here all week. Yeah, there isn't like a lot of conflict until like halfway through the movie, I guess, because mm. one of the big set pieces they go to Porky's. Yes, and this is run by a, a, a large older man named Porky. Yes, what a great character actor too. What a, what a guy. Yeah. To, what a what a great face. What a perfect fit for this role. He's exactly the guy you would expect to be named Porky. <laughs> I don't know, like if I've seen him in anything else, but yeah. he he definitely uh, commands the screen. Yes. Uh, now Porky's is a place that wears its heart on its sleeve because we see many Confederate battle flags uh, in the establishment and Porky wearing pins of these Confederate battle flags. Yes. This is also a strip club, boys. That's like out in the bayou it's also a strip club with like a live band yeah they, <laughs> they, got, weird. They, they go all out there they got a live band they're in the bayou so they're out in the woods but despite the fact that they're in the woods later in the movie we see the uh, police officers able to look out his window and see porkies at least at least that's what he tells us he's like oh there's something going on over porkies yeah 
But so the, I guess that police station's in the woods too. But the whole thing is they show up there because they hear that there's like there's Cuban girls. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. There's Cuban girls who will let you do anything because yeah. they're trying to get Pee Wee laid. Well, they're all well, trying. They're to get all laid, trying to get laid, but they're trying really hard to get Pee Wee laid. Yeah, they really want him to shut up because he's a little doofus. Yeah, he's he's. It's like he just needs to get laid. Maybe that'll calm him down, and then he'd be actually fun to be around. Right. It, well, be, like you said, he's a walking boner. Exactly. Yes, one hundred percent. That's the only way to describe him. He is he is an erection personified. I mean, I mean, so much so that when they're in the club, he keeps trying to go into the pit, like the, <laughs> like he like aimlessly yeah. like going in and then being turned around. Yeah, going the bartender's always like, around. "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's his workspace. Back off. And then the scene is so wild. Because I feel like I'm on the other. Po- I feel like I'm on my other podcast yeah. talking about this movie. <laughs> but the scene is so wild because. So they, they think they're going to get these girls. He's like, okay, you can have two girls for an hour, three girls for half an hour. Yeah. And he's like, okay, three for a half because, you know, we're, we've all, we're all super horny and it's going to take like five minutes. Yep. And then we'll have 25 minutes of downtime. We can talk about comics and shit. Yep, absolutely. And he's like, okay, this isn't going to be weird, so don't think this is weird. But go into that dark back room and just wait. And don't do anything. And then when there's a knock on the door, that's when you come out and get the girls. Well, that's kind of weird. Ah, don't worry about it. You're yeah. underage. Just go out and get in trouble. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is where you leave the bar. So they go in. And I don't know what purpose this served <laughs> at another time in history, but he has a room with a trap door in yeah, it. Yeah, no, he's goes, Mr. Burns is it. Yeah, that goes into the water. So instead of letting them out, he just pulls the lever and they fall into the water. And it's like, okay, but... What function does that serve? Is that is that like his his uh, way of like finessing people out of the bar? Is like if he's got to kick them out rather than like get bouncers to drag them out? He's like, why don't you go on over in that room there, wait for me, and I'll bring you a present. And then just <laughs> maybe boom. he has a phobia of diving boards. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I, although I don't, I don't imagine that water would be the best to take a swim in. Mm. No, no, no. Um, but but obviously doing this too really pisses off these boys oh. and really pisses off Mickey. Also, we should note they me- they make mention of this that they traveled eighty miles yeah. to go to this place just to get laid. Yeah, and, and and again, at first thought, that sounds like crazy. But I remember being a teenager and how horny I was as a teenager. And if I'd have had a car and the opportunity, I'd have driven eighty miles to get laid. And I mean, you still are just as horny. Yeah, well, I've had to turn down your advances three times today. Well, look, this is, it's not it's not that I'm advancing on you. It's that it's just there on display for everybody to see. And if anybody wants to do anything with it, that's not a problem. Jason, it's not right to shame me just because I'm sitting here naked. It doesn't mean you can have this. <laughs> well, you're just you just be putting on a show for me, and you're just you're teasing me, Brendan. It's all I can't, for show. I can't handle it, none. I thought you were a nice guy, <laughs> but I am. I've got a trilby and a, and one heck of a one heck of a hat. That's right. Wow, Porkies. So yeah, that whole big set piece kind of is the is ends up being the main conflict. But it's funny because it starts. They get you know the cop shows up and we find out that the cop is brother uh, Porky's brother. Yeah. So obviously he's biased and he wrecks their car and everything. You know he does the does the great like the classic bit of like you look like you got a tail light out, son. We I don't, don't got a tail light out. That's a fifty dollar oh, fine. Damn, he made it so we got a tail light out. <laughs> yeah, it's that whole thing and um, but like. <laughs> But, like, ten minutes later, it's almost dropped completely until we get to the ending. Like, we yeah. do have those scenes occasionally. Like I said, I love yeah. this running joke of Mickey just showing up in, like, horrible shape. Yeah, he just worse and worse and worse. He keeps going back to Porky's getting the <laughs> but, shit kicked but, out of but him. But we never see those no. scenes. We, we just, just see him coming back. Exactly. Him returning in his truck, driving like an asshole. At least three times. <laughs> where he's just, like, busted and busted up and bleeding. Um, And then eventually, you know, we'll have the big finale, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, I do kind of like how they all 
it, it's okay. So it's hard for me to put this into words. It's th- it's not that it's. I do think the movie is a little bit mean spirited, oh, but yeah. <laughs> but there is something to say about the camaraderie that you see between yeah. all the characters because they 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 prank each other and they tease each other, but. You, it's almost like watching Jackass, where yeah, you watch them extent. do it to each other, but they're smiling and laughing the whole time. Like there's a whole bit where um, the the one Wendy, the girl that Pee Wee uh, didn't end up having sex with because he was wearing a condom. The he whole already day. had the condom on. Already had the condom on. <laughs> he put it on home. Um, this bit where she's like making fun of him and gives him a giant condom, and she's like, "For the biggest dickhead I ever dated," uh, and he's like laughing though. Yeah, like they're all laughing, they're all having a good time. There's something to say about that. Oh yeah, but there, there's definitely a cruelty I think to For to sure. the, like to it that is maybe not present in other types of movies where you have the, these kind of groups of guys. Now, as a, as a fella uh, who grew up with friends, uh, yeah, we can be shitty to each other, we ball bust, we do that sort of stuff. But um, sometimes it does feel like a little on the edge with these guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, let's just. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a progressive film, but I do think that it's it's interesting that they don't make them all, all like super hateful towards each other. No, just just other races. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. They. They do have, uh, I mean, they're they're all pretty misogynistic. Like none of the none of the women are like fully formed characters in this movie, no. right? They're no. all they're all sex objects. Let's, yeah. just, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, I mean, the movie is so horny. It literally starts with a guy in bed with a boner on. Yeah, with a, yeah. With a boner on. <laughs> it's not a piece of clothing. <clears throat> is that Pee Wee? Yeah. Yeah, he just wakes up. He's just got a raging heart on as he gets up. And then his mom comes in and he has to hide it. And he jump. He comically jumps onto his boner to hide it. Yeah. Which I'm like, dude, just fucking cross your legs. Yeah, do something. Yeah, put a blanket over yourself. Put like, your Christ. knees up sit in up. the air. Just yeah. sit up. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's like the hiring uh, hiring that guy at the beginning of the movie, which they one of them describes as a big African Zulu man. Yeah. Which, you know, he's just a, just a dude. He's just a dude. He's just a dude who works with his dad or something. And he's like, yeah, we'll give you 10 bucks if you come out and do this. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Uh, Meat at one point offers to show his dick to a, I think, a much younger student. Do they say she's like 15 or 14 Should or something? they say she's or, a freshman? She, she's a freshman, yeah, yeah. in high school. Um, and then of course the, uh, there's, there's a lot of fat shaming for some poor girl in the shower. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I felt bad about that. Jason, we talk about, we need to talk about the only scene I remembered from this movie. And that is the peeping, the peephole scene. Yeah. Which of course now folks, again, let us know, was there a peephole at your school? Cause if there was at mine, I know what told me about it. I was just going to ask you that. How did this fucking trope start? Because (laughs) I don't think it's as common as movies to tell us. Well, I don't think most of us in our schools can get into the walls to get behind the girl's locker room. Like, I mean, unless there's something beside the girl's locker room that you could like, and then you got to like drill the hole or the hole's going to be open or like in in this case, it looked like it was like a some sort of pipe that was disconnected. Also, you got to make sure it's a little bit bigger than your dick because if you're going to put your dick and it's just the right size, you're going to get fucking splinters. Or, and like, well, it's metal pipes. So you won't get splinters. But, you'll get splinters. But you could get stuck if maybe you put it in and then you get hard, perhaps. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a risk we all have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> we, have, we have three of the guys looking through a peephole, and this is the fat shaming thing I was talking about. Where Pee-wee, his view is just the back of a um, a larger woman's yeah. took us. Yeah. And he eventually just freaks out and says, move your fat ass or whatever. He, <laughs> he, he blows it. He blows the whole game because he he's does. just like, you move, move your fat ass. <laughs> and then it's, it's you know, classic uh, hilarious comedy where all the girls are like, ooh, you see, he put his tongue in the hole. Oh, yeah. he put his penis in the hole. Yeah, Polly the penis. Polly the penis. And then, like I said, the only part of this whole movie that I remembered is his penis is sticking in the glory hole 
and the other guys see Miss Ballbricker coming, yes. who is the very stern gym teacher or coach. Possibly coded as a lesbian. Uh, I mean, I think so. Yeah. But there are also like five coaches. Like I, I was confused at why there were so many coaches. A lot of coaches. Yeah, yeah. For for like what seems to be a gym class for the entire school at the yeah, same yeah. time. There's not a lot of people at the school. No, but but she sees this penis and she's she thinks it's uh, this guy that's always razzing her. Well, she well she sexually assaults him because she grabs his penis and hauls it onto it, like no. pulls it through the hole. No, she's just trying to take him out. She just try to get. She just try to get him through the hole. That's what is right. her? I I was so confused with this because she grabs his his dick. Yeah, and she starts yanking, and he's trying to get out. So it looks like she's jerking him off. Yeah. she's trying to like pull. What did she think she was gonna pull his whole body through the hole? Yeah, I don't know what what her plan was. Was she gonna have, or maybe maybe she just wanted to hold him there so she could get some backup to go in and deal with him and behind yeah. the wall or something? But I don't know. That was a bizarre scene. And then we have this follow up, which I have to play a little bit of. Because I think she actually cracked. Um, you won't see it here in this clip, but I think she actually did almost break in this mm. scene. But it's where she's explaining to the principal that yeah. they should have a dick lineup. Yes. And she's like, I would recognize that penis everywhere. It has a mole on it. Before we even play this clip, this this is probably the best scene in the movie. Like it's oh, yeah. just it it's a it's a single shot the entire time. Oh yeah, and it's like two and a half minutes it's long. Like two and a half straight minutes. The actors are just doing the scene, and then at the end of it, it zooms in on Ike uh, Eisenhower's face uh, with a smile on it, and it's a it's a very well made scene. See, and again, props to the principal in this scene. He's fucking great. The president is right there on the wall, and for some reason, I still didn't clock it. But it was the fifties. <laughs> But we're just going to listen to the towards the end of this clip where she's already explained what she wants to do and the coaches in the back have some ideas. She as wants well. the dick lineup, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. <laughs> I think I have a way out of this. We uh, call the police and we have them send over one of their sketch artists. <laughs> and Miss Ballbreaker can give a description. <laughs> Wanted posters all over school. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this prank? <laughs> Report immediately to be with the fall <laughs> Do not attempt to apprehend this prick, as it is armed and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> It was last seen hanging out in the girl locker room at Angel Beach High School. <laughs> 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 it's great. And then yeah. I guess you could see, well, you guys couldn't see because we get to see the video. Yeah. But it looks like Miss Ballbricker, uh, you know, Nancy Parsons was having a really hard time keeping it together. It was a rough scene, but she made it. Yeah. You could literally see, like, the the, the lump in the throat, like, trying to suppress yep. the laughter. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And in the background there, you might have you might have heard a familiar laugh. Maybe not. I don't know if you can hear people by their laughs. But that was old Dougie McGrath as one yes. of the coaches in the background. Well, and he has a fun little... Uh, well, he just Somewhat. well because we have the coach that's trying to and and now Miss Honeywell she's another coach right she's like a I, teacher I thought she was a student yeah at that first. was my thought at first and I was like really movie but also 1981 so that doesn't seem crazy so I thought at first that he and another coach were talking about how hot a student was yeah yeah me too and I was like uh 
But and, and of course, later in the movie, he's like, "Wow, hell, I'm only 24. You know, I'm not that much older than you." And and Dougie keeps like making the ooh, and he's like, "What's that about? What's that howl about?" They call her Lassie. Yeah. Like, why do they do that? Take her up to the equipment room and find out. And it's that whole thing. It's that running bit, and you're waiting for the payoff. And then finally, Jason, I know, yeah. I, I love my clips, but yeah. you got to hear this. Yes, you got to hear this. Uh, of course, Honeywell, like we said, played by Kim Cattrall. Maybe um, not. Valeris her- from Star Trek VI. Short. Also in Sex and the City. And not in the in the follow-up. Uh, click, click, boom. That's the name of it? Uh, no. No? <laughs> just like, I think, and just like that, I think it's called. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Not in the follow-up, because she and Sarah Jessica Parker don't get along. Well. But um, maybe not. Maybe not her uh, proudest moment in film. Mm-hmm. But let's listen to. But what she happens. commits. She does. Well, I wish what, she had done some scatting in this, but that's a different thing. Uh, I don't remember any shit. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but let's listen to when uh, uh, one of the coaches takes Kim Cattrall up to the equipment room and they get it on. Get it on. Thankfully, consensual. Yes. <laughs> Why do they? Why do they call you Lassie? <laughs> The scene goes on for another good minute and a half. It goes on for that. a very long time. It's a very long <laughs> scene of, of of Kim Cattrall just like bellowing this yeah. this howl, I guess. As, as students laugh and poor Dougie McGrath tries not to die because he's laughing so hard. He is. So much so that he hides behind a curtain in the gym. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like a tarp or something, yeah. And then when they find him, he's just like, oh, my, my gas paints. <laughs> so he finds out that she howls like a dog when, when, they, when she has sex. Yep. Um, which again, uh, Kim Cattrall, is that what Lassie was known for? Howling like a dog when she had sex. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she did, but uh... <laughs> Timmy's in a well. Wait, Lassie, what are you doing? Oh, Lassie, no, 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 bad girl, bad girl, bad girl. <laughs> no, get off of Timmy. <laughs> um, no, but it's funny because uh, Kim Cattrall apparently when this movie, she did this movie because she needed the money. I mean, yeah. she's been straightforward in saying I I needed cash, right. and when she did the movie. She she knew she had a small part, and when the poster came out and her name was above the title, she apparently was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god, what if I don't get work after yeah. this?" Oh no, she'll but forever I mean, be Miss Honeywell. She was uh, part of a very successful sitcom, and like Jason said, science fiction television program. Uh, uh, Sex in the City is not. a She sitcom. was in the science fiction television or the science fiction film, Brendan. Yeah. She was in Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. And sorry, I don't believe Sex in the City is a sitcom, but you know what I mean. It's a it's a comedy that is situational. Don't fucking technical my shit. <laughs> So yeah, I agree. I think Kim Control is like giving it all, giving it her all. I think she's yeah. doing absolutely everything she can do. She commits to the bit, man. Um. So let's talk about the uh, the big set piece at the end. Yes. 
This is where uh, the boys want to finally get their revenge on Porky. Because Mickey going by himself isn't working for some reason. Yeah, no, he just keeps getting the shit kicked out of him. So they need to finally all do something together. And it's an incredibly elaborate uh, setup that they have to go through. They require a lot of equipment. They have, I mean, several boats. Several boats. Uh, they have a tow truck. Uh, yeah. They've got dynamite, I think, or explosives. they got yeah, a chainsaw. They, they get that shit. I don't know. They just... Well, here's the thing too. Like at one point, they have it's they have like explosives in the ground, right? And they like blow them up to stop them from chasing them. But it's like, what are you guys doing? So ultimately, they 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 blow up the bridges that go into the into the strip club, and they hook the tow truck up to the like building, which is sitting on the bayou. This, it's like this, on the by water. the way, this is the budget right here. Yeah, and they just they haul the whole building down. They just put the tow truck in, and they hit the gas, and they go and they go and they go, and they just pull the whole fucking building down. But it does, it, which is great. It's a great scene, but it also makes me wonder. It's like you had all those explosives. Why did you need to go to that trouble? I mean, maybe you were less likely to kill people, I suppose, pulling the building down. But do you care at this point? You people don't give a shit. I expected this movie to end in multiple murders. Exactly. Yeah. I know the, the, the sheriff would have been justified in arresting them. But yeah, they so they, they they pull it down. They have their moment, and then they take off, and they get chased because yeah. Porky has a, a pink like. I don't know. If it's, I wouldn't say it's Cadillac, but it's like a pink. It's a pink '50s car with he's, like a pig on the front, and, and when you hit the horn, it goes wah wah wah. Yeah, he's also installed a, 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 a you know a specialty horn. Yeah. he's very much into this Porky character. Yeah, he really he really likes being Porky, and he chases them, and they head back eighty miles. I guess I guess this chase goes on for eighty miles or so. <laughs> it has to. Well, I mean, at least like forty or 50. yeah. We'll say at least at least to the county border, and then they get to the county border, and this is the craziest part of this movie. Oh. The whole town seems to have come out. Uh, they've got the marching band there putting on a fucking uh, performance, and the the uh, Mickey's brother, the cop, is there to like threaten them, and he like he does the whole like busting out the headlights thing and fighting them, and it's just it's nuts, Brendan. What the fuck is the end of this movie? Like, why did everybody come out for this? Were they that like excited that these guys that didn't get laid got to take revenge on against the guy that didn't let them get laid? And and he does the same thing uh, that they they did to him. He's like, oh, he looks like he got a taillight out. Yeah. But he takes a shotgun to the car. He does. He, he does. Blows and out the hood. He like he, he he blows out the tire, and they push that thing back into town. So does that mean they died? Right. I assume Por- so. I I know Porky is in uh, Porky's Revenge, the third film in the, in the franchise. Yes, there are three movies. Three the trilogy. Folks. Uh, maybe you hear about them on my other podcast. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> but um. I, I mean, if you, if those don't exist, I mean, them pushing that car back into town, like he that that cop sentenced them to death. Yeah, because yeah, he was like, you need to get that car out of here. Those rednecks are going to come out of the woods and get them <laughs> from wrong turn. Yeah, and so that that's where the movie ends. Is like, hey, we're all we all won. Uh, <laughs> not quite, Jason. Oh right, we do have because the... Pee Wee does get laid during the credits. He does finally from Wendy. Yeah, who it? Mm, I don't like the setup. <laughs> well, it's as, as I think I wrote in my notes. Reluctant sex is the best sex, right? And she very reluctantly agrees to have sex with him because they they had a bet or something. There was some that bet, if she yeah. if she lost, she would have to take Pee Wee's cherry. And, yeah, and then and then the best. He's like, "Why, well, I, 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 you know, I'm not a virgin." And they're like, uh, "It was only if you she's taking your cherry." I'm as cherry as they come. I'm so cherry. I'm a cherry. Like, yeah. And, and, and uh, of course, it ends on on that sex trope that we love from old movies is when the girl's not sure about it at first, but by the end, after he sexes her up, she's loving she's it. She's loving it. She just enjoys. She finally she finally gave in. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, it's like a Goldfinger. 
Yeah, it was a different. <laughs> when he, it could have been a very different movie. When he when he puts her on the hay and uh, yeah, she's yeah, clearly assaulting her. Yeah, but then but then he he fucks the lesbianism right out of her, so it's fine. I mean the the coded lesbianism. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not explicitly said. But yeah, there you go. So um, any other big uh, elements? Uh, any other big? Um, you know, just like a uh, uh, cinema verite, uh, uh, mise en scène, uh, things to talk about with this film before uh, we move there, on. There is lighting in this movie. <laughs> it exists. It exists. It is not a naturally lit movie. It is a you know, artificially lit movie. So. Uh huh. But I think anything else big I have in my notes, Brendan. So we will get there. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's take a break. We're gonna hear some ads, um, and then we will be right back. When Porky wants to listen to podcasts, boys, he goes to Age of Radio. Yeehaw! Come on down. Listen to a podcast and get yourself a blowjob. Woo! Ablee, 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 ablee. We're back, folks. Timbits. Timbits. We got Timbits, but Jason's got most of the Timbits because he's got a list of Timbits and he's going to read them to you. Probably not verbatim because that might be weird, but he might read some of them verbatim. I don't know. You're going to find out in three, two. Oh, wait, I forgot another detail. Brennan's got a few Timbits too, and he's going to not read them verbatim because I can promise you because I'm Brendan. I'm Brendan, the singer, and I'm telling you. So here we go. Timbits, it's about to start. Here we go. Here we go now. It's about to start right now on the podcast. Here we go, Timbits, with Jason and Brendan right now and go. For real? Yeah. Okay. (gasps) Oh. No, you're good. So, what's interesting about so I want to say right off the bat, what's interesting about this movie is that this this is from what eighty one you said. So this is right in that period where fifties nostalgia was starting to ramp up because we had Happy Days and we had um, American Graffiti and you know the the sort of like looking back on that era fondly. And then of course later in the eighties we had like Back to the Future and, and one hundred twenty days of Sodom. Absolutely, a, a reflective on the fifties. The 1850s. But, but yeah, the, the, the 50s was definitely the nostalgia era of the 80s, and this was an early example of that. And I think that's part of the reason why this movie did so well. Mm. It, it tapped into that nostalgia, the 50s stuff, but it went so far beyond it because, you know, <laughs> we never saw Richie going out to get pussy on uh, Happy Days, did we? Did we not? I don't think so. I don't oh. think he ever said as much. Wait, the Fonz was never like... Oh, you got to come down to Arnold's with me and we're going to tag team the broad behind the counter. Oh, why, why was he, he suddenly? Why was he in the mafia? Or why Fonzie suddenly turned into Andrew Dice Clay? My apologies, but I guess that's the version <laughs> of Happy Days I wanted to hickory, see. Dickory Dock, suck my fucking cock. Oh, but yeah, this this tapped into that '50s nostalgia desire from people, and and it went hard with it. It went raunchy with it. It it set the tone for future uh, sex comedies in that it, it because people didn't. Uh, certainly in movies and television in the 50s this was not what you got you didn't get this that would have been illegal back then they wouldn't have tolerated that guys have you ever wondered how student bodies got their great ideas that that movie that the horror parody movie from the 80s oh i thought you meant the i thought you meant the cartoon show student bodies no i'm talking about the horror movie from the 80s that everyone knows and loves of course everybody loves that Uh, my first note (laughs) is uh he has a dick measuring chart i know he has a whole chart because he pulls out the ruler yeah he pulls out the ruler and i'm like wait is he checking 
it? Like, is he expected to grow? And then he pulls out the whole fucking chart that he's and, tracking. And then he says it's getting smaller. It's getting smaller. And I'm like, you're sick. You're sick, man. You need to go to the hospital. <laughs> uh, the the old hard boiled egg trick. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun bit. Uh, it was a, a double cross, a double cross prank where they they have an egg and he throws it on the ground and it breaks and then he smashes it on uh, Pee Wee's head and it's a boiled egg. And so it so, doesn't make a mess. Yeah, so yeah. then he like gets him to go up to meat and do the same thing and gives him a couple of eggs, uh, but none of the eggs are boiled, so we have a, you know, he smashes it on his face and then meat chases him. And at first I thought- and I meat, assume fucks him. Yeah, well, yeah. I actually assumed at first meat was going to be one of the bad guys when he did that. And then we saw that they were buddies, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, they're just, they're just boys. They're just boys being boys. Yeah. Uh, at one point, one of them, I, I, I believe it's actually Pee Wee that says, you're not cutting me out of free nookie. I wonder if that's the earliest use on film of the word nookie. I don't know. Well, certainly before Mr. Durst. Yes, long before Mr. Durst. I wonder if that's where he uh, got it from, was watching this movie. There is a moment where someone looks at the camera, almost looks at the camera, and says, can you believe this dialogue? <laughs> and I, I, I was like, is he talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, these guys all suck. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. There's uh, by even by the end of the movie when they've kind of won and everything, they still suck, and they're not people I'd want to hang out with. I mean, it's it's very much like when you watch Animal House and other movies like that nowadays. You're like, mm, I don't know if I'm rooting for the rich people, but yeah. I don't know that I'm rooting for them either. Yeah, what, what, what's the Scottish movie we watched? The what? <laughs> the Scottish movie, you know, with the with the guy and his friends, and they watch the girl take her shirt off. Billy something, not Billy Liar. Um, Gregory's girl? Gregory's girl. That's the yeah. one. This reminds me of like raunchy Gregory's girl, like like Gregory's girl if it was taken to its natural extreme. Yeah, but it but this one doesn't have the uh, the great sister character. Mm, mm. Uh, Pee Wee, you're about to get laid by an exotic dancer. That's a real woman. Really? Is it? I mean, I mean, she is a real woman as far as I know. But I mean, there are other real women. I don't know if just exotic dancers are real women. Yeah, I, I think I think there's real women across the spectrum of professions and across the spectrum of gender. Also, I noticed they, they crammed a lot of people in Mickey's truck because when they get to that cabin, there's like seven of them get out of it. Yeah, it's a clown <laughs> truck. Yeah, it's a clown truck. A- I, I, I wrote down that Meat's, Meat's whole running gag is that he has a big dick. And yeah. there's one moment where they're all running out of that house and you see some dicks. And I'm just going to say it, not to shame him or anything, but it's not that big. It's not that big. And it, I mean, I get it. It's probably cold. You know, it's the middle of the night. But, but I mean, I think that was just accidental that we saw his dick. Well, I don't think it was meant to be his thing. I, I wish they'd have gone to the trouble of like making a Marky Mark like prosthetic so that it would just be like swinging and bouncing between his knees. Where Meat is like, away. you're a big fucking star. You're a star. You're going to be a star forever, baby. Hey, uh, I so I've, I've I've heard you have a great big penis. May I see it? We didn't have a scene <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. And then and then that guy and then that character could have gone to jail for uh, rape of a minor. Yeah, absolutely. It would I mean, have been really did. uplifting. Uh, so we have a fun scene where the cops spot a naked peewee running down the road because they lost him and uh, he just kept going give me pussy or give me death that's right uh, they like to hang out at a 50 style restaurant much like in American Graffiti or, or other movies like that except it's called Deadbeats although wouldn't it just be a restaurant yeah it's, it's, <laughs> just, it's a drive-in it's a drive-in yeah. but it's called Deadbeats that seems like a weird name for a restaurant to me that's true but it is good because they're all Deadbeats so that's where they would hang up again I just want to reiterate strip club with live music is weird yeah I wrote down at one point these guys are obsessed but people will do crazy shit to get laid that is a truth um, Porky calling them all underage kids made me laugh a lot because these are clearly 28 year old actors. Oh yeah, no, that's the other thing too. Yeah, these guys are clearly like almost in their 30s. Like they are yeah. not high school students uh, uh, unless they just, I mean, of course it is the 50s and they probably all smoke tons of cigarettes, but um, 
So at Porky's, a couple of things I noticed. One, we have that little person that uh, is dressed in a cowboy outfit and is whipping the ladies as they all walk around in like a conga line. That was a fun bit. That, really, that really got me turned on. Um, they, they have a world famous tobacco spitting contest at Porky's. The, the little guy, the little guy is also taking uh, drunk people who pass out in a wheelbarrow and putting them outside the bar. I was like, that's what I want. Yeah, I want to go to a bar and get so shit faced that they need to put me in a fucking wheelbarrow. They literally need to dump you out the door to get rid of you out of a wheelbarrow <laughs> and be like, call a cab. That's that's the kind of service that Porky's provides. Did I ever tell you that I got, I got kicked out of a bar one time, and not because I did anything unruly, uh-huh. but because I walked into the wrong washroom and started oh, no. puking. Oh no! And then they kicked me out of the bar, and then they just like sat me down, like outside. And I swear to God, Jason, this was the fastest. It happened in the, in like the, at the speed of light. Yeah. It was like twelve o'clock when they sent me out there. Yeah. I just bopped my head. I looked at my phone, and it was like three. Wow. <laughs> and there were still people in the bar like cleaning up, and I was wow. like. I don't know how to get home. Wow, you you fell asleep out there, and it was a it just like like it wasn't even there with just a bop on my head. That's crazy, uh, right? That's, I don't remember blackouts. Did I, did I get home, Jason? Did I make it home that night? I, I we're gonna have to look into it, Jason. I am I still there? I mm, is this part of the dream? I didn't want to tell you this, but you're actually dead, and I'm having hallucinations. Oh no, I'm stupid. Which is good though, because somehow, despite being dead, you managed to edit the podcast. But it means I'm stupid. You are stupid. I mean, yeah. Uh, we knew that for a long time, and that just confirmed it. I, I, I still think about going to a funeral and being like, we'll miss you, you dumb son you of a dumb, bitch. You dumb sack of shit. <laughs> Fuck dumb you. Dumb sack of shit. Pee Wee pulls a Bart Simpson at one point and calls the uh, the restaurant looking for Mike Hunt. Oh, that was great. Yeah. That was like that was like right out of, yeah, that was right out of The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that's where The Simpsons got it from, because I know there was also that famous uh, tape that was passed around of the bartender that people would prank call him and he would get super angry. Yeah. Um, actually, can I play a clip at this point? I want to yeah. play a clip. Um, I want to go back to Tim for a second, yeah. the racist character. This was a bit of uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to say poignancy. Yeah. But it, it surprised me a little bit. And that there's a scene where the guys are kind of talking to Ben. He's the yeah. Jewish character. And they're talking about Tim. And they're kind of talking about their friendship with Tim, despite him being like, uh, you know, racist. Yeah. Um, I just thought this scene was interesting, and I didn't really expect it. Maybe we'll talk about it for a bit. Look, Brian, Tim's our buddy, but you got to understand he's got problems. Yeah, I noticed. See, it's real easy for him to take it all out on you because he thinks you're putting him down. He's not a bad guy. He's a prick. You're right, he's a prick. He's a smug. What? A smug. That's Jewish for brick, right? Yes, sort of. Yeah, well, anyway, even though he's a schmuck, and uh, we don't like everything he does, but he's still our buddy, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I understand. I just thought that was interesting, yeah. the, the, them acknowledging the fact that he's a problem, but, yeah. like, we have an established friendship with him, and it's tough sometimes, yeah. but, like... We have to kind of. On one we, hand, it's it's nice that they have empathy for him and know he's going through shit. On the other hand, they're defending his racism and his. Well, and the, but the movie doesn't let him off the hook because yeah. because Ben does say he's a prick. Yeah, and they, they're they not disagreeing with him. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they don't completely let him off the hook. I do like the fact that the movie kind of acknowledges, like, yes, there's a there's a reason for his lashing out, but also the guys are like, we're there's a reason, but it doesn't justify it exactly. And it's it's hard to be his friend, kind of thing. Yeah. Don't be friends with Tim, folks. Don't give him shit. <laughs> uh, Don't be a lemon. Be a rosebud. 
Uh, let's see here. Where did I go? Uh, Where did you? Jason? What? No, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, no. You didn't. Why did you bring him with you? Hey, babe, it's me. I'm back. Oh, no. I'm no. back in black. Just Sorry. like I, I'm, I'm hanging out with you guys. Just like uh, Francisco Franco used to hang out with the Jimmy Neutron boy genius when he was in an episode of the cartoon series in 2004. Dennis, back. Dennis, it's 2022. Your shtick is old. Go away. Listen, it's about as old as King Tut watching the newest season of Family Matters. Dennis, on his... you haven't been funny for 20 years. Please. It, I, I, George Bush is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. is old enough to be you've got by. A, g- g- <laughs> you've got a great memory, Dennis. Wonderful. <sighs> he just went. Thank Jimmy goodness. Stewart killed him last week. Remember? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. He did. Yeah. Ghosts can kill. That's that's actually a scary. If ghosts could kill, bum, 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 you will be banging on the floor. Sorry. When Kim Cattrall was screaming, I did kind of <laughs> chuckle when he jammed a sock in her mouth. I like mean, an old gym sock. <laughs> it seemed, well, it, 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 for, on one hand, I would say, oh, that's really gross and, and horrible. But she did go in that room and was instantly turned on by all those sweaty jock, yeah. jockey shorts. Yeah, that got her going for sure. The smell. <laughs> and at first I was like, at first when he said the lassie thing, I said, oh, is her thing that she's really like into smelling mm, stuff? Mm. Like, is that the thing? And then no, it was not. No. Double cross. When the boys go to the uh, the, the peephole in the locker room, uh, I wrote down the line. I've never seen so much wool you can knit a sweater. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. I'm going to describe uh, uh, pussy as wool from now on. Uh, yeah, you'll get you'll you'll make lots of friends. I wrote uh, when them doing this uh, uh, peep thing. This seems like a bad idea. Anytime, any time of the day, anywhere. Specifically, jamming your uh, dick into a hole where you don't know exactly what's on the other side. <laughs> Somebody says at one point, does anybody want to go on a beaver shoot? And I said, that's the only Canadian reference so far, <laughs> even though I know that's not the word to, what they were talking about. Absolutely. Um, now, of course, now, Brick felt, what was her? Brick, uh, Brick, Ball Bricker. She'll be bricker. fired, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there were the line, I don't know who says it, but it says, a penis is so personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the principal's not stupid. Like, the principal initially in that scene comes off as, like, kind of, like, out of it and just, like, an old guy that's lost his mind. But it's clear throughout the scene he does know what's going on. And it makes that all the much funnier. Oh, the scene where she's talking about the yeah, penis Yeah, the, the one yeah. long take. Um, oh, and Doug, Doug at one point, Doug McGrath, uh, when they're, he's dressed up for a game, he looks like Don Cherry. He's got, like, the, the blue, powder blue suit with the tie on. Just, just like every coach. Better Canadian, Doug McGrath, though. Absolutely. He's a good man and a fine Canadian. Um, when they did that whole thing where they were about to cross the state line or whatever, and they were cutting to that guy, that that shotgun, I was mm. like, at first, I was like, did they hire a hitman? I thought when Porky and the guys arrived, they were just going to get shot Just kill the them, face. yeah. That would have been, that been a, a strong a strong <laughs> statement. It'd be like uh, this movie's version of that of the ending of Easy Rider. Also, <laughs> here's... They just get yeah. shot and then it just slowly like somber yeah. credits or, or go the other way go all out like the end of um uh devil's rejects <laughs> they just just get riddled if with I leave here tomorrow, the whole song <laughs> yep so they have, they're having a dance at some point before they go for the final confrontation is that a high school dance I don't know because they all look 35. Well, they all look 35 plus Tommy's, uh, not Tommy, uh, Mickey's uh, uh, cop brother is there. And, and, and I mean, Tim's dad shows up. Yeah, so. to the dance. So it's like, is this a high school dance? If so, clearly there's a lot of people that shouldn't be well, there that well, are there. Well, Tim's dad is there because his girlfriend is in high school, presumably. Yeah, well, yes, obviously. He gets to come too, but he gets an invitation. 
Tommy and Brian, they kind of come to an understanding and they solve racism. So that's nice. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, like, it's like, uh, we are the world. Well, I, that, that wasn't about racism. Don't I wrote worry this, about it. I wrote this, uh, thought down too. Uh, cause you know, obviously this movie doesn't really hold up necessarily. What? It's a, obviously from a different time. What? But my question is, do any, do any teen sex comedies hold up? I or mean, are they even, very much always a product of their time and that's always going to change? I mean, even super bad. Yeah, super There's bad. There's things in super bad where you're like, oh, Yeah, okay. now 15 years later. I mean, it's, it's still it's still funny. It's still a great yeah. movie. It's same with Animal House. Was, Animal I House, still laugh. American still... Pie. Like, they're all still funny movies, but there's a <laughs> I mean, crazy I mean, shit that Let's happens. just talk about in American Pie, they ruin that girl's life. Yeah, they ruin that girl's life for sure. She's uh, going back to her home country. Yeah, she gets deported. She, gets and she deported. has <laughs> issues with the government. And it's, and it's disgusting. A throwaway line where they're like, yeah, Nadia had to get deported. And Anyway, um, we're all trying to get laid, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, poor girl. J- Jason, I think the 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 ma- the, uh, the lesson learned here is movies are 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 different. Yes, they are. <laughs> movies are always changing. I was reminded a little bit of Bridge on the River Kwai, uh, with the bridges, right? Yeah, where I they were like that. going into the water and like putting explosives on the bridges I and stuff. I thought about the exact same thing too. Oh, William Holden, and Jack Hawkins. How you doing, fellas? Yeah. Oh, I, here's a question I had. I wonder what they spent on the soundtrack of this movie because they've got a lot of Hank Williams in this movie. Mm. You know, you're cheating heart. We'll make you eat. I have horrible opinions about Obama. That's Hank Williams Jr. Oh. Hank, See, Hank Sr. died in 1951, so. So he had horrible opinions about. He may about have had horrible opinions about uh, Ike or uh, a very, Truman. A very young JFK. Yeah, he was, he was very much in favor of using nukes during the Korean War. You know what I think, Lincoln? Not so great. Two moments I want to point out to two, one line. Boys, grab everything that kills. That's a good line, and I want to use that in my own life. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I hope you don't have to. And there's a moment where I don't think this was a planned moment, and I think it works out really good, where Porky's on the bridge, and he's, like, yelling at the boys, and he has, like, a gun in his in his hand or something, and he, like, swings it back, and he catches the guy that's beside him in the nose, and the guy kind of reacts like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was real, and it was oh. like, just a fun little scene. I don't know if it was, but I mean, it sure looked I like it was I think there's real. real moments in this movie. Like you said, Doug McGrath looks like he's really laughing at times. Yeah. Um, Nancy Parsons as ball breaker looks like she's almost about to break. There's yeah. a couple moments like that. A couple real moments like that. Also, uh, at the end of the movie, I feel like their their revenge was kind of extreme. I mean, they destroyed the man's business and livelihood. Uh, I mean, yeah, but he was. Uh, I mean, shucks. He didn't, he didn't let them have sex. No, he didn't let them have sex. So he was right to right, right to be taken down. But it's like that's gonna come back to bite them at some point. Like they can't avoid the law forever. I mean, there's a movie called Porky's Revenge, Jason. That's right. So Porky is coming back for them. Don't worry. And folks. I feel like we'll I feel like out. I read that in Porky's Revenge, he owns a riverboat casino. So no, well, of course he's upgraded. <laughs> I, think, I think I have to see these movies. Uh, there was a mic drop sort of on a fat joke at the end because they made fun of Fork Porky being fat, so that was great. Uh, best kind of sex is reluctant. Oh, and and when um, Pee Wee cub- he comes out, so they're all outside of this bus. Pee Wee goes in to fuck this girl, Wendy. Comes back out, he's like, I need a rubber. They give him a co- condom. He runs back in. He comes back out. He's like, it's too big. <laughs> it's like, really, you're gonna fuck this girl while everybody's gonna stand there and just like wait for you to do it. Yeah, they want proof. They want proof. Maybe, maybe a- you know what? I think Pee Wee likes the idea that everybody's watching, so they know. Probably, so they he, doesn't can't- have to, he doesn't have to lie. People will believe him. That's right. Also, this movie ends with a character simply looking at the camera and saying, geez. <laughs> and I said, that sums up this movie. It does, it does. But let's not forget that uh, Miss uh, Miss Ballbricker 
uh, oh. shows up at the very end and oh. attempts to tackle Tommy and then pull his pants off so she can get a look at his dick and she gets arrested. Well, she well, and she's trying to get a look at his dick so she can prove it was him. Yeah, yeah. Not, not any kind of kind of sexual way. No, not a sexual at all. But like, it's just it, she's doing that and the cops are like, "Okay, come with us, lady." Oh, that's one sexual assault too many. But I appreciated that because I was thinking about her going into the end of the movie that they hadn't kind of resolved that, and then she shows up and you know they deal with it. So structurally, good job, Bob Clark. <laughs> Well, at least she got arrested for something. Fuck. That's right. That's right. Because that's pretty fucked up, that whole thing. But yeah, so that's what I had written down. All right, Jason. Well, let's talk about a little bit behind the scenes sure. of this film. Uh, Bob Clark actually got the idea to make the movie in 1972. It was based on his own experiences, which uh, makes me a little frightened. Yeah. So he was working on this movie called Breaking Point with a man named Roger Swaybill. Uh, when Bob Clark got uh, mononucleosis, oh no! Uh, he he kind of told Roger like he dictated the story of Porky's, and then like the story, the idea, where he wanted to go with it, and then Roger Swebo wrote a draft of the script, and Hollywood like across the board said no. Like, <laughs> every studio, no, 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 no. So, but he, again, I don't know that there were raunchy comedies at this time like this. No, probably not. Not that I can remember. Anyways, folks, if you know, let us know because we'll watch it. <laughs> And Bob Clark eventually went to a company called Melvin Simon Productions and a Canadian firm called Path. Pathé. Pathé. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I know them. Um, so the movie had to be made in Canada to basically get the government tax benefits. Uh, and that meant that um, Bob Clark received sole screen credit as a writer, despite the fact that Roger Swaybill actually wrote the script. Oh. But Roger Swaybill was reimbursed later with a six-figure sum. Oh, so he made a nice chunk of change. And he also was got to be co-writer on the sequel. Um, uh, he, he said, there's a quote from him, said, it, it seems incredible to realize that Porky's, which earned more than $200 million worldwide, wow. was done as a tax shelter, but that's the way it was. <laughs> Um, I think we talked about I talked about Kim Cattrall being horrified yeah. um, about being above the title in the mm -hmm, credits, mm -hmm. which I don't know why she was. Honestly, she has like two scenes. Yeah. Well, it's just weird to put somebody up above the credits that is only in it for two scenes. Yeah. Um, when it was released, when Porky's was released, it was viewed as... Oh, it doesn't go to the Oscars. I'm sorry no, to say. Oh, it's a shame. Um, <laughs> it was viewed as a likable, kind of lowbrow comedy. Um, but uh, since then, the critical take has been a little less so. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is gleeful in its misogyny and celebratory of bad behavior. Porky's is an intermittently funny farce that will leave audiences feeling in need of a shower. Siskel and Ebert... Now, he's not going to come to our Canadian defense in nope. this one, yeah, uh, Jason. They were deeply offended by Porky's, and they called it one of the worst films of 1982. Oh, so wow. it must have come out in 1982 in the States, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but they criticized the movie for what they believed was its objectification and degradation of women, the childish nature of the villains, and they disliked that the film took what they felt was a thin, shallow, and off-color stance against anti-Semitism. Yeah. So they've, it felt very, like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Um, this is a cool fact that I learned. In 2002, Howard Stern acquired the remake rights. Huh. And uh, since 2002, has really tried to produce a remake of the movie, but has not been successful. Hmm. Uh, he ran into legal trouble. Uh, two other production production companies stepped up, claiming they had the rights. They finally reached an agreement, um, and there was a settlement. But now we just don't know if he can even make the movie. Um, and there was a remake in 2009 called Porky's Pimp and Pee Wee. Uh, it was released on video on demand. Wow, Jason. Um, 
I know this said okay, so it made over two hundred million dollars. Yeah. The budget for this movie was it like a ham sandwich? Five million. Five million. It made over two hundred. No, that's million. that's a huge return. Although that does seem like a lot of movie for a movie of this level. And a lot in, of money, you mean? Yeah, a lot of money for a movie of this level in nineteen eighty one. I mean, I'm telling you, that's the, the last scene. Yeah. it's all there. It's true. And Doug McGrath. <laughs> Doug, Dougie always. Dougie got his paycheck. I'm sure the people on this. I always feel. I it makes me feel bad whenever I hear about little movies like this doing so well and not because I don't want them to do well but I feel bad for the actors cuz you know these actors got like like you said a ham sandwich at a yeah. ten, a ten yeah. spot yeah they probably didn't get it's not like they had points on the back end unfortunately yeah no exactly like you you and that's why Jack Nicholson's one of the smartest people alive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew that batman money was coming absolutely but there you go that is uh, porky so jason Porky's. um i need your decision right now it what does this replace on the top 10 <laughs> I, I don't think that it does. So, but, a ton or what? You're out. You're out. <laughs> Porgies, you're in. Number one. Um, this movie doesn't hold up. There's a lot There's a lot in this movie what? that certainly is problematic from a modern perspective. Um, and there are, But there are some funny moments in it. Uh, it actually holds up better than I expected. Uh, I, there was far less rape than I expected in this movie. <laughs> not, not none, just far less. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... But it it is clear watching it of its importance. It's clear that it set a template for all future kind of teen sex comedies. And for that, you know, I, I salute it because, you know, I, I certainly... With your dick. I salute it with my dick, obviously. But because uh, I love, Amer- you know, I loved seeing American Pie in the theater that first time. And and Superbad was one of my favorite times at the theater. Like the, the those movies owe a debt of gratitude to Porky's. But... There's got to be better options if you're looking for a teen sex comedy. But if you're interested in the history of film, absolutely. Check out Porky's because it's, it's not a poorly made movie. It's a solid movie. They they really go hard on the 50s aspect of it. And they have the right cars and the right sets and everything in the clothes. So, you know what? It's it's definitely worth a watch if you're an interested person in the history of film. But if you're looking for a teen sex comedy, eh, maybe, you know what? You can watch American Pie or Superbad or whatever, you know, 40 Days, 40 Nights, whatever you think. No, Do not, the, no. <laughs> Jason, the movie 40 Days, 40 Nights, the hilarious comedy 40 Days, 40 Nights, literally ends with uh, Josh Hartnett getting raped. Yeah, I think we discussed that before. Yeah, that's not a fun movie. <laughs> it really learned from I mean, Morgan's. it's supposed to be a fun movie because it was 2000, 2002, and that it was shit was hilarious. It was fine to rape men in 2002. It was cool, especially yeah. if a girl did it. Yeah, then it was hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shannon Sosaman. Actually, that's not even who does it. It's like his ex-girlfriend. Oh. He swears off sex for Lent. Spoiler alert, guys, for 40 Days and 40 Nights. But at the end of the movie, he's holed off in his room and he gets drugged. And then his ex-girlfriend comes in, ties him down, and fucks him. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, 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 hey, look, we've all dreamed of that. And it's brushed. Shut up. <laughs> and it's brushed off very quickly. Very, very easily, yes. Yeah. No, no, one, no one's brought to justice. Yeah. No one's arrested. But we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about Porky's, Brendan. What did you think of Porky's? I thought Josh Hartnett was great in this movie. It's great in this movie. We do, we, we do it now. We'll remake it with Josh Hartnett, who's <laughs> in his probably his late 40s. Uh, probably like early 40s. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I, think, I think I will say that I was surprised how not terrible it was, mm. but I won't say that it was great. No, but it, it definitely <laughs> exceeded our expectations of what it would be. Exceeded my expectations in the sense that there was more, like, more filmmaking yeah. behind it than I thought thought i and as clunky as it was i did appreciate the fact that they tried to address like the racist attitudes of the 50s in a little way <laughs> a little bit yeah like, they, they at least acknowledged it at least acknowledge it but like you said that also fell back on the problem that they were also kind of being racist when yeah. they had one addressing it yeah um 
But yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like it's like it's not a movie I would go to my way to watch or like recommend to anyone who likes these kinds of movies. Mm. But if you got really drunk and like just watch this, probably have a good probably time. Probably have a fun time with some buddies. Um don't watch it with anyone that's easily offended by stuff. No. Or even not even or not even easily offended. Just offended in general. Just don't don't watch it with people. Watch it by yourself in your room with the curtains drawn and you can see if you enjoy it. A jar of a jar of jelly. That's right. You get to see, there's a little bit of bush in this movie. There's a few titties. Uh, he was not the president yet, though. No, he was not. He just is hanging out. He's like, oh, I love these girls here in Florida. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Because I sound like Matt McConaughey, because that's my George Bush now. I'm just doing Matt McConaughey. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do a sequel to W. Yeah. With George, um, with George W. McConaughey. It'd be weird if they made a sequel to W and it was just Matthew McConaughey playing. Just Matthew McConaughey painting bad pictures of dogs for an hour and a half. That's a pretty good picture of uh, dogs playing poker. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because dogs they wouldn't be actually able to play poker if you thought if you think about it for a second because they don't have no hands. I beat Al Gore in the election. <laughs> Remember that? Good time, good times. Iraq. Remember the good times. Anyway, well, I, I love countries like Iraq because <laughs> they, I get older and they stay the same age. Yes, they do. I thought you were just going to say you love countries like Iraq because they remind me of a nice set of titties. Nice set of titties. Iraq. <laughs> it's like there's a there's a west coast and there's an east coast and there's like there's a titty in each coast. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but yeah, no, this I don't know. It's just like a stupid movie. Yeah, it's a it, dumb. It's, it's a dumb it, teen comedy. It goes. I'll put it at number four. This is a movie that I. Oh, I'm joking. Don't yeah. don't leave me at that. <laughs> I'm not putting it on the list. This is a movie that I think if you grew up in the era, it means a lot to you. Like I think this sure. movie would have been a again seminal yeah. uh, part of any young teenage boy's life uh, yeah. in 1981. Yeah. Uh, and probably would have been the funniest thing they ever saw. Ever. Ever. They would have laughed like I laughed at South Park bigger, longer, and uncut when I was 14. But that still holds up, I think, more than I think that's still pretty funny, yeah. Um, Okay, but we're we're, we're done with Porky's. This one, anyway. Get out here, Porky's. Hit the bricks. We are going to move on to something probably quite similar. Obliably, that's all, folks. Yeah, Jason, not a tone change at all next week. No, not at all. You are presenting your Canuck Puck, and what hilarious 80s comedy are we watching? We are going to watch the the absolute knee slapper called Away From Her, starring Gordon Pinson, the Canadian legend, and Julie Christie, the British legend that we know from our previous uh, uh, adventures in British film. Um, and it is about Gordon Pinson as a character who has Alzheimer's, and Julie Christie is taking care of him. I think, I think you got the other way around. You think you think Julie Christie's the one with the Alzheimer's? Julie Christie's the one with Alzheimer's. Well, we'll see. I'm pretty sure it's Gordon Pinson, but we'll that, see. That, well, well, the debate is on. Debate is on. I we'll guess we'll find, know next week. We'll find it like two minutes after this recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we're gonna talk about away from her. Also, did directed you mention- by Sarah Pauly. Yes. Our second movie that we're gonna talk about that's directed by her and third with her in general. Guys, yeah. we like Sarah Pauly. We do. I hope she shows up in a Hitchcock like cameo. <laughs> She's walking a dog by a train or something. <laughs> and, then so, and then somebody turns to Julie Christie and be like, did you see a young blonde lady? She's like, I don't remember. I don't remember. And then it goes. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. Bum, bum, bum. Close up <laughs> of a dog. <laughs> so there you go. We're going to talk about Away From Her, the hilarious comedy yeah. with hilarious people. Sure. But Jason, they can find us on the social media. They can. We're on the Twitter. We're at FSAC Pod. That's for Screen and Country Podcast. Boom. We're on Facebook. Just search for For Screen. And Gundre. We're on ageofradio.org slash for screen and Gundre. Jason's on Twitter at Jason D. McLeod that is M-A-C-L-E-O-D stop on by and Gundre and Gundre we'll talk about uh, uh, what stupid things we've done to get laid 
Yeah, you, you talk about the time you, you took down an entire bar. You, you just you collapsed an entire bar. Just because they wouldn't let you squeeze a boob. It was like that time I burned down the engine room back home, and I made sure that that beetle hanging from the ceiling was destroyed. Wow. Yeah, fuck that bar. Okay. I have no reason to f- say fuck that you, bar. You heard that. Jason just claimed... Uh, <laughs> claimed <laughs> yes, it was me. It was me all the time. You bought it, my immediate family. <laughs> so there you go. Jason, they can find you. They can find us. They can listen to us. They can they can listen to us naked. Or if they or want. they could or they could just not. Now, Jason, why would you go and say a thing like that? I'm just saying that that's an option. It's not an option. You don't have to listen to. No, us. this is a totalitarian society. I'm getting ready because Russia's going to be here. Any but day. we welcome any person to freely listen to our podcast, except Sharon Harwat, who owes us a check of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Sharon, where's that check? Where is the check, Sharon? And look, you can post date it. That's fine. A couple we, months. We, we can wait a couple months. A couple months. You got to get time to get that together. We get it. We, we get, get it. it. it money doesn't grow trees. We're understanding men. Money doesn't grow on trees yet. It's made out of trees. Therefore, or cotton, you, depending. You just give someone a tree, and they would accept it as like I don't know, five hundred bucks. Sharon, we need one hundred and fifty thousand trees. <gasps> Without well, no, no, a tree, is not a dollar. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. An entire tree is a dollar. That's such a waste of tree. <laughs> it's a lot of tree. Wait, they, they only well in Canada that you're saying that the a loony comes from a tree? Well, yeah, no, absolutely. They 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 take the tree, they compress it down, and it turns into metal. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's science. Okay, so anyway, Sharon, uh, make sure you send our check. But for yeah. now, and we're going to talk about Away From Her next week, a very similar film to Porky's. Jason, I just have to say to you, God save the queen. God save the screen. And for our screen. And our country. A. I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Port. You, I want to take you to.